0: Everyone and welcome to God's Plan Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Today we are looking at Second Chronicles chapter ten through chapter twelve. And if you listened to the podcast yesterday, yesterday we were in First Kings, twelve to fourteen. This is going to be very, very similar. Uh, as it's like pretty much the the record of the same kings. We're looking at King Rehoboam, uh, who is the king in the south over Judah and Benjamin, and then King Jeroboam, that is the king over the northern tribes in Israel. And all of this, uh, this kind of split divided kingdom is the result of uh, Solomon turning away from the Lord and ultimately the result of the Davidic covenant. God said that he would prosper Uh, the throne of David, as long as the people stayed committed to God's law. And here we see that the people are not committed to God's law, just like Solomon was not committed to God's law. And because of that, God allows the kingdoms to split. So we end up with Jeroboam in the north, um, with about twice as many people uh, falling under him, and Rehoboam in the south. And you get this opening story, the same one we looked at yesterday, Um, where the people ask Rehoboam to be merciful. He refuses to be merciful. And it's basically because he listened to younger, dumber um, counselors. They gave him bad counsel. He made bad choices. And ultimately, it split the kingdom. And that brings us to the first thing that I think is really interesting. Uh, This is chapter 10, verse 15. So the king did not listen to the people, for it was a turn of affairs brought about by God that the Lord might fulfill His word, which He spoke by Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam the son of Nabat. So, if if all you're doing is looking at the surface of this story, it's like, oh, Rehoboam, why didn't you just, you know, make a wise decision? Why didn't you listen to all those gray hairs in your whatever cabinet or kingdom, uh, who were telling you to actually be nice to your people? Well, the answer is not that Rehoboam made a bad choice. The answer is that God led. Rehoboam's heart sovereignly uh, to make a poor choice because God was judging Solomon for his sin um, of turning against God, and here it affects Rehoboam. Now, Rehoboam also, we know, is not completely committed to God um, because he is going to turn away from God in pretty fantastic fashion as well. But the first thing that I wanted to highlight is that chapter 10, verse 15 shows us that God is sovereignly acting in all these things. God is ultimately in control and God is ultimately playing out um, the the commandments that he's given. He says, hey, if you follow me and listen to me and obey me, I will bless you. And if you refuse to follow me, uh, it will affect your reign and your kingdom. And we see this here, Uh, like a prophet had already spoken to Solomon saying, hey, this is going to get all torn apart. And this kingdom is going to be split. And so here God is causing Rehoboam to make a poor choice uh, to affect the kingdom in the way that God intended. There's no question that God's hand is on this and God is ultimately completely in control. Now, if at the beginning of this reading in chapter 10, we're learning about God's sovereignty causing the nation to split then probably in chapter 12, we're seeing that God is sovereign um, over this attacking king, King Shishak from Egypt, um, because Rehoboam humbles himself and repents for his sin, uh, and God does not allow King Shishak from Egypt um, to advance as far as he would have had the people not repented. So, we see here God being faithful to his promises, which is a core thing in the majority of the Old Testament, even into the New Testament, when God says he will do something, when God sets the conditions, uh, he holds to his word and keeps those conditions. And they're very simple. Um, if you obey me, I will bless you. If you disobey me, I will curse you and people will come against you. We see that playing out uh, in this in this text. The second thing I want to call out is Second Chronicles chapter 12. Uh, verse 1 when the rule of rehoboam was established and he was strong so he he like like rehoboam apparently followed the lord faithfully as king for about 3 years he did what he was supposed to uh, he did not allow his heart to chase after foreign gods uh, but then he starts to make a couple mistakes after his 3 years of reigning so it says when the rule of rehoboam was established and he was strong he abandoned the law of the lord and all israel with him now here's what's interesting and i don't know that we've talked about it a lot on the podcast um the actual text says that he abandoned the law of the lord it does not say that he abandoned the lord it says he abandoned the law of the lord and so we learn here in the old testament multiple times in the old testament i'm just picking it out today Um, That abandoning God's law, disobeying God's law, is literally the same thing as disobeying God himself in general. Um, You get this idea that if, if you're not going to know God's commandments, if you're not going to be obedient to God's commandments, ultimately... You just plain don't love God. And it's a really interesting concept because Jesus later on is going to say, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And so the the Bible does not really ever split loving God from loving God's law. They're kind of one and the same thing. Even in the New Testament, the Bible doesn't split loving Jesus and following Jesus' commandments. They are one and the same. And I think kind of what's interesting is that culture um, will try to split those two things up. Like, hey, I really do love Jesus. You know, I just I just struggle to do what he said. Or I, I really do love Jesus. Um, I just don't really see myself doing, you know, X, Y, or Z. It could be I don't see myself being part of a church. I don't see myself... Um, following kind of this traditional understanding of love and marriage. I don't see myself uh, using my money in that way. Like Jesus commands many things about these kinds of things. And the way the the biblical writers understood it was that if you love Jesus, you do what Jesus says. Uh, If you love God, you do what God says. So the problem that's getting called out here in chapter 12 is that Rehoboam, disobeyed God's law. And because he disobeyed God's law, it was obvious that he did not in fact have relationship with God. So I, I just want to call out, like, it, it's really dangerous to try to split and try to live kind of this dual reality of, I love Jesus, but I, I just struggle to do what he says. I love the Lord, but I can't always be committed to what he says I should do. Man, I, I, I love God so much. I just can't be bothered to read or understand his word and the commandments that are in them. If you start to believe that way, you're, you're in a tough, tight spot. Uh, And many of the stories in the Bible would say, you're actually becoming disobedient to God himself. One of my favorite examples um, is, is like saying, man, I, I, I just love spending time with my wife. I, I just love her so much. I want to be around her so much. I I just can't be bothered to hear what she has to say or do what she asks. But man, I love her. And, and anybody hearing that would know immediately like, hey, you're just not really, you're really not being authentic uh, about your relationship. And And if you find yourself in a place or if you know someone that's in a place of saying they love Jesus... Um, but they can't do X, Y, or Z that Jesus clearly commanded. Um, They're just not really in a place where they actually have a relationship with Jesus. They may not really be in a place uh, where they actually are a follower of Jesus. Sometimes it feels good to say that you love Jesus, um, but if your life doesn't reflect the things that he commanded, that's not good. And so the the first thing to take comfort in is, is that God is gracious and merciful. He's long-suffering. We see this over and over and over again in the biblical text, through the Old Testament, through what we've already read. And God is eager to forgive us when we repent and come back under his law and under his commandments. We actually see this with Rehoboam. Rehoboam is like, hey, I messed up. God, I want to follow you. I want to love you. Please forgive me for my disobedience. And God hears him immediately and forgives him for his disobedience. Um, Jesus tells this story of the prodigal son where he just literally makes every terrible decision he possibly could. And almost on a dime, turns around and returns to the father. And the father runs out to embrace him because the father loves him. Like, God loves us and will forgive us. So please If you're in a place where you're saying you love Jesus, but you don't obey his commandments, please know that God is gracious. He loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. Um, Recognize your sin and turn back to God and embrace uh, him, his loving self and come back under his commandments. Um, If you are in a good place with the Lord and you are connected to somebody who says they love Jesus, but don't seem to do what he says, I think there's a lot of room for conversation there like hey i I know you really love Jesus. I know that you're a huge fan of what the Lord is doing. Uh, I'm just curious about like why you're not making life decisions that reflect that like why why are you using your money in that way? Why are you handling your relationship that way? Why are you using your time that way? It seems like you're saying you love Jesus, but you're not doing the things He commanded that's a problem let's let's get to a place. Um, where you are reflecting with your life that you love the Lord. So I, I think it's, you know, it's something you can miss if you read it too quickly. But I do think it's important to call out that the Bible doesn't differentiate. And when we are under God's law and under his commandments, that's when we really are in relationship with him. And that is what we want. We want to be following Jesus. We want to be um, accurately representing him to the world around us. And it's a it's a challenge for us today. So the, your part is just to you know, wrestle with that. Like, are you in alignment with uh, God's plan for your life? And if you're not, what's it look like to come back into alignment? So um, pretty interesting things today, kind of King, King Jeroboam, King Rehoboam, this divided kingdom. We already talked about it yesterday. We're talking about it again today. Um, But we are entering into a new phase of biblical history as we read through this, Uh, just seeing how God is moving through different kings in different places, and ultimately how he is going to accomplish his goal Uh, even when it looks like this Davidic dynasty is falling apart before our eyes. So we'll be back again tomorrow. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing. Uh, If you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you, and every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word, and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Second Chronicles chapter 10. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem to make him king. And as soon as Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, heard of it, for he was in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon, then Jeroboam returned from Egypt. And they sent and called him. And Jeroboam and all Israel came and said to Rehoboam, Your father made our yoke heavy. Now therefore lighten the hard service of your father and this heavy yoke on us, and we will serve you. He said to them, Come to me again in three days. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men, who had stood before Solomon his father while he was yet alive, saying, How do you advise me to answer this people? And they said to him, If you will be good to this people, and please them, and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. But he abandoned the counsel of the old men that gave him, and took counsel with the young men who had grown up with him and stood before him. And he said to them, What do you advise? that we answer this people who have said to me, lighten the yoke that your father put on us. And the young men who had grown up with him said to him, thus shall you speak to the people who said to you, your father made our yoke heavy, but you lighten it for us. Thus shall you say to them, my little finger is thicker than my father's thighs. And now, whereas my father laid on you a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions." So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day, as the king said, Come to me again the third day. And the king answered them harshly, and forsaking the counsel of the old men, King Rehoboam spoke to them according to the counsel of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to it. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people, for it was a turn of his affairs brought about by God, that the Lord might fulfill his word which he spoke by Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. And when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king, What portion have we in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse." Each of you to your tents, O Israel. Look now to your own house, David. So all Israel went to their tents. But Rehoboam reigned over the people of Israel who lived in the cities of Judah. Then king Rehoboam sent Hadaran who was taskmaster over the forced labor, and the people of Israel stoned him to death with stones. And King Rehoboam quickly mounted his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel had been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. Chapter 11 When Rehoboam came to Jerusalem, he assembled the house of Judah and Benjamin, a 180,000 chosen warriors to fight against Israel to restore the kingdom to Rehoboam. But the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, the man of God, Say to Rehoboam the son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all Israel in Judah and Benjamin, Thus says the Lord, you shall not go up to fight against your relatives. Return every man to his home, for this thing is from me. So they listened to the word of the Lord and returned and did not go against Jeroboam. Rehoboam lived in Jerusalem and he built cities for defense in Judah. He built Bethlehem, Itam, Tekoa, Bethzur, Soko, Adjalam, Gath. Merashah, Ziph, Adarim, Lachish, Azekah, Zorah, Ajalon, and Hebron, fortified cities that were in Judah and in Benjamin. He made the fortresses strong and put commanders in them, and stores of food, oil, and wine. And he put shields and spears in all the cities and made them very strong. So he held Judah and Benjamin. And the priests and the Levites who were in all Israel presented themselves to him from all places where they lived. For the Levites left their common lands and their holdings, and came to Judah and Jerusalem. Because Jeroboam and his sons cast them out from serving as priests of the Lord. And he appointed his own priests for the high places, and for the goat idols and the calves that he had made. And those who had set their hearts to seek the Lord God of Israel came after them from all the tribes of Israel to Jerusalem, to sacrifice to the Lord, the God of their fathers. They strengthened the kingdom of Judah. And for three years they made Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, secure, for they walked for three years in the way of David and of Solomon. Rehoboam took his wife, Mahalath, from the daughter of Jeremoth, the son of David, and of Abihail, the daughter of Eliab, the son of Jesse. And she bore him sons, Jeush, Shamariah, and Zaham. After her he took Maka, the daughter of Absalom, who bore him Abijah, Attai, Zizah, and Shalemith. Rehoboam loved Makah, the daughter of Absalom, above all his wives and concubines. He took eighteen wives and sixty concubines, and fathered twenty-eight sons and sixty daughters. And Rehoboam appointed Abijah, the son of Makah as chief prince among his brothers, for he intended to make him king. And he dealt wisely and distributed some of his sons through all the districts of Judah and Benjamin in all the fortified cities, and he gave them abundant provisions and procured wives for them. Chapter 12 When the rule of Rehoboam was established and he was strong, he abandoned the law of the Lord, and all of Israel with him. In the fifth year of King Rehoboam, because they had been unfaithful to the Lord, Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem with twelve hundred chariots and sixty thousand horsemen. And the people were without number who came up with him from Egypt, Libyans, Sukkim, and Ethiopians. And he took the fortified cities of Judah and came as far as Jerusalem." Then Shemaiah the prophet came to Rehoboam and the princes of Judah, who had gathered at Jerusalem because of Shishak, and said to them, Thus says the Lord, You abandoned me, so I have abandoned you to the hand of Shishak. Then the princes of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said, The Lord is righteous. When the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, and the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, they have humbled themselves. I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance, and my wrath shall not be poured out on Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. Nevertheless, they shall be servants to him. They, shall, they may know my service and the service of the kingdoms of the countries. So Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem. He took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He took away everything. He also took away the shields of gold that Solomon had made, and King Rehoboam made in their place shields of bronze and committed them to the hands of the officers of the guard who kept the door of the king's house. And as often as the king went into the house of the Lord, the guard came and carried them and brought them back to the guard room. And when he humbled himself of the wrath of the Lord, turned from him, so as to not make a complete destruction. Moreover, conditions were good in Judah. So King Rehoboam grew strong in Jerusalem and and reigned. Rehoboam was 41 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city that the Lord has chosen out of the tribes of Israel to put his name there. His mother's name was Nama, the Ammonite, and he did evil for he did not set his heart to seek the Lord. Now the acts of Rehoboam from first to last, are they not written in the chronicles of Shemaiah, the prophet and of Edo, the seer. There were continual wars between Rehoboam and Jeroboam and Rehoboam slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David and Abijah, his son reigned in his place. Thanks so much for listening to God's plan. Your part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.